Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 214. Tonight, Doug and Matt talk about studio gear, dedicated or multi-purpose studio computer, guitar gear, live sound gear, and Doug gives an update on Asia, who has become the new studio dog in his studio. Enjoy the show. Probably should hit record. Hey, you know there's that, um, what's his name? Uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt. He has that really cool kind of entrepreneurial it's like a collective it's like a creative collective and the name of it is hit record because he started it with some people and they were making little movies on their phones and stuff anyway the problem with it and the problem with english is that when you read it it looks like it's called hit record oh. <laughs> and it sounds like it's supposed to be you know something associated with making pop music or something. I don't know. Boy, that's a tangent, right? Yeah, English is a tough language. <laughs> it is a tough language. How are you doing, Doug? <laughs> I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing all right. You have a good day? It was a pretty good day. I can't complain. I, uh, are you having like, like a deja vu type of feeling? I don't know why. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. No, I actually volunteered at the school where my kids went today for a couple hours getting desks set up things are opening back up here oh how cool um and uh, yeah i got to see some some like teachers and staff that i haven't seen for a long time my kids haven't been there for uh the better part of a decade now but uh, it's right down the street it's just funny you walk in the halls and like most of the things are the same and you feel like oh that could have been last month rather than you know eight years ago or whatever <laughs> it's so strange that's crazy i uh I used to do that too. Um, I actually was like volunteer uh, teacher's helper. Yeah. Um, and I'd go in and this was like kindergarten through second grade. Yeah. It was really neat. I enjoyed that a lot at that time. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. No, I mean, we, we basically, we almost lived at the school for like 10 years as all three kids went through there. We were room parents. We were, <laughs> I drove on many, many field trips, um, helped out in the library. And I mean, yeah, we were kind of involved. We were involved. <laughs> That's why I still know all these people. It's funny, though. It's kind of weird to go back. And and also pretty cool because the older the kids get, the less the, less the school kind of wants you around <laughs> until <laughs> finally they go to college and they don't care if they ever see you. They just want your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was that was the... That was a nice thing to do today. Right on. So let's see, we were talking earlier about like like studio gear. Well, we actually got into it last episode too about like dedicated studio gear and and well, yeah, because you uh, were shopping for a new guitar amplifier, a new a uh, tube amp for your studio. Yeah. So and what you didn't what you didn't tell me uh, was what prompted that. <laughs> what makes you go, you know what? I need a new tube amp for my studio. My JC-77 has got some hiss in it. Oh. And I was uh, recording uh, the other evening, and it was really bothering me. Huh. And although I have other amps, I thought, 
this was a good idea to to spawn the action of getting a new amp. Yeah. <laughs> so, Is that the Roland, the the jazz chorus? Yeah, I've got a JC seventy seven, and I bought it way back in uh, the late eighties. Okay. Bought it new, and let's see. I'm looking. Around. I wanted. Yeah, uh, sorry, I'm looking around. I'm looking I'm also, around too. As, as you're saying that, I'm like, what amps did I buy like new? My, I don't know. <laughs> I'm also feeling like my signal's really hot right now. Um, it is a little hot. Uh, let me uh, level check. Is it okay? It's okay. It's a little clippy, but it's all right. Oh, I didn't change anything. So <laughs> <laughs> you said last time. But uh, anyway, the JC77 is solid state. And I wanted to have something with some really nice, I'm hoping for, just really warm cleans. Right. That'll make a a nice pedal platform. Yep. But also be great for for playing on my jazz guitars. Oh. And just be a really good like uh, like jazz and blues combo. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I decided on a uh, um, an Epiphone. It's a Valve Junior, and it's like a little stack. And I get made fun of for this, but hey, testing. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I'm having some strange things happen in my headphones here, oh. so it might just be my headphones. I'm checking to make sure they're plugged in okay. So sorry about that. But anyway, it's a all tube combo, and and I it doesn't ha- even have a a tone knob on it. It's nothing but an input jack and a volume knob. And it's a five watt out into a, what is it? It's an eminence mm-hmm. lady luck, 12 inch single, 12 inch cabinet. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And I get made fun of for this. Cause it's cause like, it's cute, man. It is cute. It's <laughs> super it cute. cute. It's a really like, neat. It wasn't really what I was looking for. I was looking for like a fender champ yeah. or, you know, one of the old tube uh, style champs, not the newer solid state or hybrids. Right. Um, I really just want, I wanted tube pre's and tube power output stages uh, and not hybrid or, or not all solid state because I, I've got that. And, and I do have all tube as well, but that's my Marshall half stack. Oh, that's, which is, that's a bit much <laughs> Yeah, for what you're thinking of. Yeah. And I've got uh, a Fender Blues DeVille. But it's, you know, it's it's not really suited. It's really loud, you know. Yeah. It's got two, it's a 212 combo. Oh, okay. And I can't turn the volume up on that thing, you know, past like one <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> uh, I've got a little tiny practice amp, but it's solid state. And so I was like, well, I, I really can see a need here for a small practice tube amplifier. And so this is a little five watt guy, and I think it's smaller than what I think it is. I've been trying to get an idea of how big it actually is. Uh, I haven't ever. It's seen a little bigger than you think. the The amp is is smallish, but the cab is is a little it's a little bigger. Um, yeah. Well, the amp's about uh, twice the size of like the little Yamaha lunchbox. Right. Right. And you know, and that's not tiny, but I, I think it's going to be about like. I'm imagining it's about half the size of my Marshall head, width-wise. Yeah, that seems about right. It is it's you know? smallish. 
Yeah, I thought it was funny because when you asked, um, that was on my short list. I had three that I was picking from. When I was I was looking for a similar thing uh, some years ago where I'm like, you know what, I, I can't be um, cranking my 65-watt PV um, because in, in a studio situation, unless you have like a, a dedicated room for your cabs and can do reamping or, or isolation or whatever – you know, and, and keep it there and not have to worry about, you know, microphone movement and reproduction. Uh, it's nicer to have a smaller amp for a studio because you can theoretically get bigger tones is what I had heard. And so yeah. I was looking for something and that was like number three on my short list. And, uh, the other one was the Bugera. And then what I ended up buying was the little, the VHT five watt, which actually oh. is a little more versatile than I expected because it has a pull gain like the volume knob you can pull it up and it adds more gain. oh does it um i think i think i almost wish i went with the bagheera and i don't remember why i chose this one or didn't choose that one i think i was hoping that i this one had a headphone out but they don't really do that um but yeah it was a similar sure. situation and i do remember going down to uh um bananas in san rafael and uh trying the epiphone and i was just it's just so retro and cool but I think I was shying away a little bit from having only the the volume knob, and I was like, I don't know if I'm if I'm savvy enough to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm I'm like, does this Epiphone have a headphone? I don't think it does. Most don't. That's rare. I think it's got an input. It's got a volume knob, a power switch on the front, and then on the back, kind of underneath, it's got it's got line outs. Mm-hmm. And it's got an extension cabinet out and then the main cabinet, I think. Yeah, I find that it's the solid state practice amps that tend to have a headphone out because it can interrupt the circuit and not cause any weirdness. Yeah. But then this one's like a, what is it, uh, an AX7 in the preamp and mm -hmm. an EL84 in the power section, a 12 AX7, I mean. And... You know, so it's just got a single tube pre and, and a single tube power uh, stage. So it should be like relatively, you know, inexpensive to maintain. I've got other, uh, you know, I've got uh, spare 12 uh, AX7s and I got a, uh, I think it's a 12 AX6, which is a, a little bit, I might actually swap that out. Um, it's not quite as hot as the AX7 is. If that's what it's actually called. I, I'm looking now. I've got a, a groove tube. Uh, it's an AT7. Okay. And I've got another one here. It's yeah, it can a, be fun to swap out tubes and get a, a different sound. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got the AT7 and I've got a tongue saw, which is a AT7W. And these are these have a little bit different quality to them. Uh they're just not as hot as the the AX7 is. Um so I might play with those a little bit and uh you know, just see. Because you know, overall I'm looking for just clean, quiet, warm. And it just, you know, when, when you've got that, then you can add any pedal in front of it and get what, whatever you're looking for. Yeah, that was what I was thinking, too, with this guy. Uh, this is, uh, let's see. Oh, I thought I had a, oh, no, it's my other one that has a 12-inch. This has a 10-inch speaker, um, 12 AX7 preamp tube and a 6V6 output tube. Six watts max. But okay. you know what? I was surprised at how loud, you know, 
how loud it gets. There's a big difference between uh, tube amp loud and, and solid state amp loud. Yeah. Well, you know, and just like wattage, if you look at it, you know, in whatever, and just amplification, mm-hmm. I mean, one watt is, you know, when translated into voltage to the speaker <laughs> is loud. Yeah. Yeah. And, and two watts, you know, so, I mean, if you've got like a 20 watt amplifier, it's louder, it's more headroom because that's really what you're talking about is headroom after that, because your listening levels are only going to take a couple watts or or a little more, but the extra stuff that's there is for your headroom. It's also dependent on like if you're playing outside or whatever right. you, you know, in your space, but speaking like in the studio or in your bedroom or whatever, you know. It's it really all that extra water, just headroom for dynamics. That makes sense. And it's nice to have. That's, you know, you really, it's what keeps you from clipping, yeah. you know, is having that headroom. But, you know, my, my Marshall is switchable between 50 and 100 watts. And I love the 50 watt setting on that thing because you can push it hard at lower volumes and get the same great tones out of it that uh that you really have to you know really crank it to get for in the 100 watt setting you know so the lower wattage amps are really cool for that yeah i think that's why they're popular for studio because uh you can because they are have more headroom you can push them and and get a wider range of sounds out of them at lower volumes that's my understanding yeah i really like like the hughes and kettner those two Meister models. Oh yeah, those are super popular. Yeah, and I think those are you know at least the one I'm thinking of is like switchable down to like five watts. But yeah, those are those are great for the small space. It is kind of astounding as soon as how you look for tube amplifiers, the increase in cost for them versus solid state. But obviously, I guess solid state's a lot less expensive to produce manufacture right and and also to maintain because they don't really burn out or anything yeah they don't have tubes to replace or valves as they say in the uk um i like valves (laughs) they just i think it sounds cooler yeah it does gosh and remember i remember back in it must have been the late 70s i lived in Southern California and my grandfather, who was kind of a jack of all trades, Renaissance man kind of guy, always, you know, building electronics and repairing stuff. And, uh, he would, I remember there was a grocery store nearby and at the front of the grocery store, when you walk in, you know, where there would usually be gumball machines and whatnot, there was a giant machine that was a tube tester and he would bring, you know, a little box of vacuum tubes, you know, and you there was just all of these sockets on the top of this thing. It was like the size of a stove, right? And you put your tubes in, and it would test to see if they were good or not. <laughs> Talk about old school. I've seen those, but the ones I've seen are small. They're they're you know just like a little um, smaller than a shoebox, you know. Oh yeah. But I guess that's just kind of for checking, uh, whatever. Maybe there were more kinds back then. Four or six oh. tubes at a time only and not 24 or whatever. Yeah. Also, I was probably smaller. Maybe it wasn't that big after all. I don't <laughs> know. Um, yeah, we were talking about 
solid state. And I have this PV Studio Pro 112, which is um, very similar to the PV Bandit 12. And it's got this um, this old school PV, I think it was still patent pending at the time. It's called TransTube Technology that was tube emulation circuit. And uh, man, you'd sw- you, you put it on and put it on the clean channel, which is really kind of, I, I play it like it's a tube amp with pedals in the front of it. I don't even use the, 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 the high gain channel, the lead channel. Um, you would swear that it was tube. It's so responsive and so clean and pure that, uh, I didn't really want for an, another amplifier, but, um, I, I wanted to, I just wanted to buy a smaller one just so I could have like real tube sound and yeah. uh, it is different. You know how I was talking about, I have different EQs yep. or compressors, you know, for different yep. purposes or genres and things like that, you know? I mean, I have the same mentality like amplifiers and guitars. Each one has their own kind of character. Yeah. And each guitar, each amplifier kind of serves a role. Right. And I think that, I don't think there's one amp that does it all. And I don't like the modeling amps very much. I haven't been happy with any of them that I've had that try to you know emulate lots of different things. Uh, I guess I've gravitated toward... Something that does one thing well. Right. And have it kind of dedicated to that and, you know, whatever it may be. And, you know, with regards to guitars, you know, it's like, well, you know, a Stratocaster, it's got Strat Tone, you know, mm-hmm. and a Tele. And then kind of like a, you know, a Fusion or a rock guitar. That's not a Strat. You know, it doesn't have the Strat Tones. It's, yeah. It doesn't have the, the jangliness to it's it. You know, it's, It doesn't have that single coil bell sound. Yeah. And then, um, although the one guitar that I have that's like that, which is an old uh, Ibanez Sabre, it's probably the most versatile where I can kind of get between a kind of a Stratocaster and a Telecaster mm-hmm. in between there. Yeah. You know, and uh, and depending, because it's got like, uh, it's got a humbucking. It's got a, is it like HSS? Pickup. Is it HSS configuration? Humbucker single, single? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, those are super versatile. And each pickup has its own toggle switch for on and off. So I can choose any combination of the three. Oh, that's very cool. With the toggles, which I really like. And I've never seen another guitar like it. And, you know, with the the individual toggles for each, and it's got a um, a face polarity on the volume knob for the humbucker. So I can turn that into a single coil as well. Oh, that's very cool. So this guitar has got so many different tones in it because it's so versatile uh, with the way the pickup configurations can can be configured. And then other than that, you know, just like hollow body, I got a jazz guitar, I got a couple jazz guitars and Mm -hmm. uh, one's just for recording. The other one is my daily player. I never plug it in really. And uh, it sounds really good acoustically. It sits in a stand. I can uh, just grab that whenever. Yeah, you got to have it out or you're not going to play it, right? Yeah. If you got to yeah. pull it out of a case and drag it upstairs, it's just not happening. Oh, man, all my cases are <laughs> packed away. I've, every guitar I have is sitting in the stands. Yeah, I feel like that's how it's got to be. I mean, if you're going to practice regularly, you're not going to be dragging stuff out of a case, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, I have an HSH um, 
Charvel, uh, Charvel Jackson that I like a lot. It is it's pretty versatile too. Although I mostly play it in the in the bridge position, but uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to switch up those tones. But I totally agree that that you know different guitars for different purposes. I always think of the the story from I guess it's from it might be loud when the U two was first recording and Edge was there with his Explorer and they're like okay. Let's 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 uh we need some more textures. Let's get the other guitar. And he's like, oh, I just have the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does anybody out there have like different MIDI controllers for different character? Uh that's a good question. Does it matter? I don't know if it matters for MIDI controllers. Well, I'm sure it ma- I know it matters. Maybe for, it's more of a feel thing. For but... keyboard people, you know, if you have different keyboards that each are uh, synthesizer and have their own character. Sure, um, but I'm, I'm talking about just yeah. a controller, you know. Well, you know, there is a difference. I do have two. I have a 25 that I bought because I was taking some music theory classes, and it was like all about piano keys and chords. And I'm like, I can't do this on my computer keyboard. I need an actual keyboard. So I got a 25 key Alice's, and then uh, at the Goodwill, I found this nice. Um, M Audio Oxygen 49 for like 30 bucks. And uh, I didn't use it for a long time because it was just too big. But of course, I have it up here. And uh, it is different. It's like, I don't know if it's more sensitive or if it just handles MIDI better or whatever. But it's kind of a joy to play. I guess there's that, you know, so you've got like the, what's the velocity sensitivity on the keys and things like that. So, yeah. So, yeah, that kind of thing I think could make a difference and have different character for different, you know, different controllers. You know, it would cause you to have a different feel or vibe and and play a little differently depending on which one you're, which one you're playing on. I think so. I mean, I think I would pretty much exclusively record with the the oxygen uh, unless I had a need to to take the little one somewhere more portably. You know, because it's only like a foot and a half long. It's pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I can't imagine that they're all different enough that it would be like having guitar tones. I mean, I got a hollow body. I got a uh, Les Paul. I got the Jackson. I got an acoustic. I mean, in each one, it's different enough that you wouldn't interchange them without knowing exactly why. Yeah. Now, like my studio stuff and the the, the actual mastering gear that I have and, and gu- the guitars and amps, now, this whole studio varies you know, conversely to like the live equipment that I have. And, but I don't focus on live sound engineering like I do in the studio work. Uh, I work with one band. I don't do live engineering as a as a live sound company or anything like that. So I just I'm a band member with one band basically, and I just do sound for them, and it's a lot of fun. But the whole equipment thing is a completely different perspective for me. Yeah, and it, it definitely um for for those that focus solely, I would imagine that the way that they look at their live sound reinforcement gear is akin to the way that I look at the dedicated studio gear and things like that. And how much different equipment 
uh, can bring, you know, to different bands that you're working with and stuff like that. But I'm working with a single band, and the only thing that really changes is the songs that they're playing. Sure. And uh, but um, it's the same musicians and things like that. So the like the rack for my live setup is static. I've got a uh, a digital effects processor and. What I use is determined by what the band likes hmm. for reverb and delay and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Typically on the vocals. So the singer's kind of saying a little bit more reverb, you know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, uh, or whatever. And um, beyond that, it's, it's EQ. And and I've got a drive rack, which I, I, I use for setting up uh, the PA system for the room and things like that. That changes every time. However, we use the same PA every time. And and so that all of our PA equipment is programmed in there. And I just pull that up. And then uh, the it's just a matter of EQing the room. That's the only thing that changes for the, you know, in the EQ. And then on the board, you know, like um, set everything at Unity and then go through and adjust the gains. And the EQ section on the board doesn't change much unless there's a difference in the room that I haven't been able to handle in the in the outboard EQing or something like that. Or as people come in and uh, the EQ of the room changes because oh, the crowd, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, that might be handled on the board because sometimes it may not be the whole mix. It might just be, I just lost like the symbols. Um, they're getting drowned out now because it's all getting absorbed. I was literally ju just about to ask you what what does change when the room fills up the high end? The people absorb the high end mostly. Yeah, for the most part. Yep, it gets more mid rangey. Yeah, you lose. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's... and so you start tweaking <laughs> up. You know, some of the highs. The uh, the singer. I have to work on the singer's vocals, and and uh, I think there's most of the work that I do all night long. And these gigs is, and where the changes are happening on the board is with the vocals. Yeah, that makes sense. Because that's yeah, the important the, part, right? Everybody, yeah, the guitar, the the, yeah, the guitar stuff is all about levels and cueing solos and things like that. Right. The drums are pretty static. It's just a, some minor EQ tweaks as the room kind of changes. And just, mm -hmm. that's just a matter of listening throughout the night, you know, and, and making adjustments there. But, um, but for the most part, it's a completely different beast than working in the studio for me. Yeah. Now, and is the is the board yours? Do you carry take your own board with you? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, the board and the rack and um, the effects unit's actually the bands, uh, but it's in my rack. Oh. Okay. And um, the PA is theirs. Basically, everything is mine from the from the stage box back. Yeah. Is my domain and. <laughs> But I met, okay, so you have you have the luxury of, of being able to say, okay, on your board, you know which channel is going to be the singer, which channel is going to be the guitar. Oh, yeah, it's all taped on there. It doesn't change, you know? And so actually everybody knows their assigned channel number. And so those guys will, will go ahead and plug their microphones into the stage box, into their designated number. And I'll come through and double check things. And then I'll, I'll set up when I'm setting up mics. And basically just cleaning up wires and stuff like that and and running monitors. Yeah. 
So yeah, that, that's that. everybody's got an assigned channel and it stays, uh, it's the same every gig. Yeah, I've never done live sound, but I'm always like peeking in the back to see what's going on at, at clubs and stuff. And um, yeah, in a, in a place where it's a dedicated venue, the board doesn't change. It stays there all the time. I imagine they do the same thing, sort of. They'll put the lead singer in one channel that they know it's going to be there and they'll put the backup mics and other dedicated channels and just so that they don't have to reinvent the wheel every night. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with us, everybody helps set up and everybody helps tear down. Um, we, you know, we don't have roadies. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, uh, we're playing, we're playing clubs and right. when we can, uh, like uh, outdoor venues that are like town festivals and things like that mm -hmm. in the summertime and the the beer festival and things like that. Now those would be interesting because I imagine that well, oh, they have beer. Well, yeah, they have beer. Now, I was picturing different sound guys coming in and out, but maybe they don't. Maybe they have one person dedicated for the uh, for the whole show. Sometimes, sometimes they do, and sometimes I might run sound on the uh, the venue equipment if it's set up. But um, that's about like one percent of the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm picturing all the different scenarios, but maybe they're not as varied as I thought. You know, some of these festivals they they have a uh it's bigger they they have a festival engineer and they have like a a monitoring engineer and those guys are working all day long for the bands in those cases i would probably come up and either run the board or i would be standing with the um festival engineer and working with him you know through the band cuz he doesn't know the band you know, and so I might actually, he just may make sure it's all set up correctly for me because I'm not familiar with his equipment. Yeah. And, and then, then I would run the board, you know, once he's got everything set up, but that, uh, that doesn't, you know, there's only one of those a year. Yeah. Know, so it's. Wow. This is starting to just talking about this and thinking about clubs is getting me all excited to go back and listen to some real <laughs> live music in person again. Yeah. Well, with the. All of the uh, vaccines now, yeah. the, the gigs are starting to get scheduled. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've noticed that. I feel like people are, are seeing the end in sight here for most of the stuff that's been going on over the last year, which is, which is fantastic. I think that by this fall, um, things will be relatively normal-ish. <laughs> yeah. Remember last... Remember last, uh, like a year ago when we were doing this podcast and this, this, we went into lockdown and people thought it was going to be like two weeks and you and I were like, yeah, no, this is going to be a good six months <laughs> easily. Um, I still didn't think it was going to be over a year, but no, I also didn't anticipate that so many people would, uh, you know, have a problem being safe. <laughs> right. And I also don't have like a, a whole lot of confidence that it's still not going to be a problem even after vaccinations. Oh, it will, but you know, there'll be a, there'll be a, a there'll be when all the people who are, who are going to get vaccinated, get vaccinated, there will be enough of a herd immunity at that point. I believe um, that it'll just run its course like a flu. I am hoping unless boy, unless, and I don't want to think about this unless, it gets kept alive in the anti-vax community well enough that it 
has variants that spin off and and override the vaccinated uh, immunity, that would be just then we would just be dealing this for the next five years. Yeah, let's not think about that. That's uh, that's a that's oh a man, I just scenario. I just hit rock bottom, man. Let's <laughs> no, <laughs> bounce back up. Live music, live music, live music. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But anyway, that that was what I was thinking about. As far <laughs> I may as just cut that old part out. You know, and to answer your question, why did I want to get the amp? Because it has what I hope to be a character that's going to fulfill a little niche, you know. And, you know, and that's how I kind of look at all the equipment in here, that, that it's all kind of kind of a, a niche-orientated, purposeful component to achieving some end. Yeah, as long as you're not filling every niche in your studio with niche stuff <laughs> well you know don't don't step in don't get in my way here man so, <laughs> i know you got you got you got full-on corners that can be filled up with stacks of things look at that space over look there. at that look at that space. space that space needs another <laughs> ant and another and space over here needs a plant and that space over there needs a freaking lava lamp man so yeah you gotta you gotta get a lava lamp and i need hanging light like string lights. Yeah, your studio, man, it's looking pretty fly already. I, I'm really curious to see when you uh, when you get it all tricked out with the ambiance. But, yeah, uh, I haven't even begun on ambiance yet, and I still have I still have some diffusion work to do. Oh yeah, and uh, and I have a couple of uh, clouds that I want to hang. So I don't know what comes first. What comes first, ambiance or or acoustics? Well. <laughs> If the acoustics determine where the ambiance goes, but uh, be the fear, I mean, it's a it's a working studio already. You're already out there spending time. I feel like I would start working some ambiance, and certainly, <laughs> well, you lost your plans, didn't you? <laughs> you you accidentally <sighs> set your plants on the mantle, and they got appropriated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't have rookie lighting move. figured out. I bought the plants, but I didn't know what I was going to do about lighting for the plants yeah. yet. And so I, I said, well, I'll just put them here on the on the fireplace mantle for now. And it was like, I put it in, and it was like, wow, those look really good on the mantle. And then my wife came in, and she's like, oh, those look fantastic there. And now I can't, you know. <laughs> they can't like, ever well, go away. I'm like, well, we could leave them there if you want to buy me a couple of plants, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I just, you know. I just spent. They got assimilated. <laughs> yeah, sixty-five dollars on plants. You know, nice snake plants, low light. You know, requirements, and and they look great <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> well, at least you know what kind you can get. I'm just dreaming of the oxygen that I could be having. Right now. <laughs> I have one little fake plant in here. <laughs> Now you have windows. Why would I was gonna you say if I need oxygen, I just gotta open a window. Not while I'm recording though. Yeah, but you got natural light. Yeah, the yeah. Yes, I do. Put a plan in there, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you will forget to water it, won't you? Um I might overwater it. Actually, you know what? I could like I have a plan. I don't I don't know where I would put it. I'd have to set it on top of an amp or something and then I'd be afraid I would get water in the amp. Um, now, do you do you drink bottled water? I am currently drinking bottled water. I'm drinking Pellegrino right now. Yeah. Okay. The trick is, is to drink all but like the last couple ounces of your bottled water and then 
that's your plant water. Well, the other trick is, and I find this works even better, and this is why I got a plant for my office at work, is um, I drink a lot of tea. And I usually drink it down to almost all the way down when, like, by the time it's cold and I'm done with it, there's, you know, a quarter of an inch of tea. And then that becomes the plant water. And so it's got some nutrients in it. And I didn't want it anyway. And <laughs> plants happy to have it. Plants seem to like green tea. Now, one thing that we did, it didn't get a chance to really go there because the conversation didn't go that way. But I wanted to report that that Asia has become the official residence mastering studio dog. Oh. And she hangs out. She's here. She's been here all this whole episode as we're recording. Really? She hangs out with me underneath the desk. Quietly. Quietly. She absolutely loves it when there's music playing in here. Nice. And uh, she has just become the studio intern. That's very cool. It is cool. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't chew on anything. (laughs) I'm so impressed that she's that quiet. Yeah. Yeah, she's been right here next to me the whole show. Nice. It's it's really nice to have the uh, little companion here in the studio with. Oh, cool. Well, I'm happy to hear that. But anyway, yeah, Asia is also... What what was she? Uh, she's got to be fifty pounds now. Oh at my least. We're we're not sure where she's going to end up, but we kind of estimate it's going to be somewhere around a hundred, oh hundred twenty, somewhere <laughs> in that neighborhood. Wow! But anyway, That's yeah, the there's girl. the Asia update. She's doing awesome. <laughs> well, cool. Well, anyway, man. Yeah, I think I that's, that's uh, kind of it. I think we <laughs> that one's run its that course. That awkward silence that you'll cut out and post. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten really quick at cutting out the awkward silence. There, there's probably a plug-in for that. Snip, snip. Is there? <laughs> yeah, there probably is. <laughs> I'm sure it'll go on sale next week on Waves. <laughs> Wave sale of the week. But wait, there's more. But I wonder. You know, it'll probably like go on sale like the day after your. Your coupon expires. Yeah, for sure. So you can't combine the sale and the coupon together. (laughs) Yep. Been there, done that. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of the week. All right, everybody. Listeners, thank you. Yes, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe bell. Leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your friends. Do they have subscribe bells? No, they don't have. I just (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I listen on Spotify. I don't know. If, I don't know what no, they people have are going to be going looking for us on YouTube now. It's like no, we're not. <laughs> we're there. not there. Should we be there? I don't know. It sounds awful. It does. The sound quality is <laughs> not great. Anyway, well, I mean, it sounds awful having to. Oh, do the extra oh. Work <laughs> also that. Also that. I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Leave us a review, please. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks. Have a great week, everybody. We appreciate you. Enjoy. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. Keep creating.